Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Zero bonus episode number 18. It's finally the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 episode. I'm your host, Brandon Davis, joined today by Jenna Anderson. Hey, everybody. I, I just got out of my showing like less than an hour ago, so these are the freshest possible reactions I could have. Let's do this. Oh, look at that. Look at that. We got special guest host Cam Hayward on the show today. What's up, everyone? Thank you for having me. I had to bring my little... I brought my son with me, so I had a pretty cool interaction with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's, I can't wait to hear about that experience. That, and that's quite a nice shirt you got there. I got to shout it out. The comic book tee looks good on you. Yeah. Jim hooked me up in jail. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> that he works in the mail room down there when he's, uh, when he's on, you know, out of his cell. Jamie Jurak is here today. Oh, I'm so excited to talk about this movie. You know, I've already seen it twice. I'm ready. I'm with you. I'm with you. And Aaron Perrine, of course. Aaron, how you feeling today? Uh, good. I'm wondering, Cam, did uh, he bake the shirt into a cake to sneak <laughs> it out of jail to you? Let's just say Jim's like the Dominic uh, Mysterio of comic book. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, that means he's got a Rhea Ripley. That, that ain't a bad gig. A bad gig. <laughs> uh, all right, y'all. So this is the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 spoiler cast. Uh, we are talking full spoilers for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. We're going to have a little little ticker at the bottom of the screen. So anybody who clicks into the middle of the show, I know we're live. We decided to do this live because uh, it's just more people engage with us. Sometimes we get to read some comments, and it's more fun for us that way. I think it's more fun for the people who join us in this video. And podcast will still last forever, even if you didn't join us live. But this is the full spoilers show. So if you have not seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 uh, and you don't want to have anything spoiled for you, well... Listen, you're not you're 100% not in the right place. We love you. We're glad you're here, but you should come back later. Uh, so we're going to start us off. First, we're going to talk the, the way we're going to go through this episode is first will be uh, our reviews and reactions. We will just share our thoughts on the film, full spoilers in that. Then we will take a quick break. We'll come back and when we do that. That's going to be the full breakdown, the full discussion, the theories, the Easter eggs, the characters we really want to talk about, the moments we want to talk about specifically. Uh, so that's the full discussion. And at the end of it, we're going to rank it amongst the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy, and we're going to rank the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy amongst other MCU trilogies. So stay tuned through the whole show for all of that. Uh, first of all, though, Jenna has not had a chance to share her thoughts on this film while Jamie, Aaron, and myself have talked at length on Phase Zero episodes previously. So now it's Jenna's turn, fresh out of the theater. 
Go ahead, Jenna, kick us off with Ooh. your review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I was so thankful that in the grand scheme of things, I went to this movie by myself because I could just be like this sobbing little gremlin in my theater seat and like nobody around me had any idea who I was. I I cried at every single rocket flashback sequence like without fail. And then by the time we got to him and Lila almost in heaven, I like thought I was going to pass out. Like that's how sad I was and how overcome by emotion I was. I cannot believe that this movie exists. I cannot believe the beauty and just the emotion in the heart and the way that it fits all of our expectations of what we thought this movie was going to be, but it also completely subverts them and does something completely different. I am just like shell shocked. I cannot wait to watch this so many more times. My one thing was the runtime felt a little long as I was watching it. It might have also been that I knew we were going to record this and I was like, man, I hope my showing gets out in time. But I, I know I'm going to, I'm already going to rewatch it on Sunday. I'm going to rewatch it so many more times. I feel like by the more times I see it, the more it's just going to fly by. I'm just, I'm so thankful this movie exists. Yeah, the second time I watched it, I definitely liked it more, but I'm going to, I'll save my thoughts for a moment here. Cam, what did you think? Wow, I loved it. Um, you know, we were watching it, and at first, I was, I kept, I was very scared about taking my son in. Let's get this straight, because like, you know, I felt like everyone kept telling me, uh, you don't want to bring your young ones to this. This is kind of, you know, mature, but like being able to talk through it with them and just, you know, there is death that happens in, in this movie, but like you can reflect on that and you can grow from it. And, you know, to see the happiness along with it and to explain that along the way was kind of fun. He jumped at every scene, like, like every funny scene he laughed at. And I had to tell him, don't you say those words. You're going to get in trouble. <laughs> like, like, I think last time we were on here, I was talking to Jamie about like, I didn't let him see Goonies, but I'm like, this is his Goonies now. <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing was like right a, uh, a, a Lion King Mufasa moment for you. <laughs> after this movie like yeah well they go back into the world <laughs> that's, yeah. that's that's life but yeah. don't say those words <laughs> oh yeah like the heaven scene i was like oh man i'm gonna have to do a lot of explaining and they were like you're not done yet i was like oh okay so now i can explain it to him a different way but uh the previews definitely set me up for this movie a lot and got me prepared but i was like okay, this happened, so this isn't going to happen now, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it does. It does. Uh, yeah, I have, I have so many thoughts. I'll say, Jamie, what do you think? Well, first I want to say, Cam, I was so excited to hear about, I was like waiting for the kid review thing because you know how I feel. I'm like, expose your kids to a little bit. And my favorite thing about this movie, well, not my favorite thing, but I'm so <laughs> delighted that they dropped that F-bomb just because yeah. like, it makes me feel feel confident that Feige still has a little backbone and isn't completely under the mouse's thumb because like, I know it's Disney, but like, it's one word who cares. And I like that they soft launched it in the trailer um, and to see how people would react. Kids movies used to have like PG 13 movies can have one F bomb. That's just always been the law. And I, so I'm glad to hear you be like, yeah, just don't say that word. It's like when I was yeah. a kid and I would sing Grease songs, and my mom would be like, you can sing certain words in these songs, but not in front of other people. <laughs> that would oh. be the rule. So love that. Reason um totally different story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get we'll talk about that later. Um, but uh I love this movie. I I like Brandon said, I liked it more the second time. The first time, the flashback device, I had I didn't dislike it, but it was like a lot to me, a lot. It was like, like, and I did feel the runtime for that, but it, it totally worked more for me the second time. Honestly, my 
one and only real complaint about this movie is that Will Poulter isn't in it more because he was amazing. <laughs> I loved him. He was so funny and I was bummed that he wasn't in it more. But uh, otherwise, uh, Nebula, like I said last the other day, is my favorite guardian and it was great to great to see her. And oh, I just realized my my uh, my Gamora pin's upside down. But I want to talk, a, I have a lot to say about Gamora. I loved her in this movie too, a, like deeply deeply love Gamora in this movie but I will talk more about those feelings when we get to that later in the episode also as for crying I cried very much at the very end more so last night on my second viewing but that alcohol may have been involved in that in those years. <laughs> Aaron what'd you think um I I did enjoy myself I did Jamie can attest I was sitting right next to her um and I I had fun and I feel like I'm I'm I feel almost as if though like couldn't this have been in phase four like couldn't this have been in phase four it feels very very emotionally similar to the arcs that Mm -hmm. you got in panther and in like I, you know, the, all the loss of WandaVision, all, uh, all of it. So I find it kind of interesting. I'm like, this is after Quantumania? I thought this was, we were turning the page, but I guess we make a special exception for James Gunn. Just excited to see people excited. Like, it's good. That's, uh, I, I agree. I think phases, um, phases are a bunch of BS now. Like, it's not the same as it was in the Infinity Saga. Phase four never ended. Like, Black Panther Wakanda Forever was not this punctuation point on the grief era of the MCU post-Infinity Saga. This, like, it just wasn't. And and what was the first? Quantumania was not this sudden. Like, Quantumania put Kang in there, but Kang debuted in Loki. So, I don't know. I think phases are just a term that they use to try to keep people interested and act like there's some kind of structure when the structure has just fully gone out the window and it's time to stop acting like it still exists the way it did before. Um, For me, this feels like the end of the MCU as we knew it. Like this is, there's nothing coming up in the MCU that is guaranteed. Like sure. There's a Spider-Man four that we are expecting. Um, But this feels like so many of the main characters from the infinity saga are done now. Like, sure, Legendary Star-Lord will return. Where? Who knows? Who the hell knows? There's so many projects in the next four years. Where's that going to fit? What's that going to... How's that going to happen? Zoe Saldana's gone. Uh, Dave Bautista's gone. James Gunn is gone. Uh, Captain America's gone. Black Widow's gone. Iron Man's gone. Thor, who knows? Like, who cares at this point about Thor? Like, (laughs) I don't know. I feel like the MCU as we knew it is very much it's not like over, but it is so different to the point that it's unrecognizable. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. There's a lot of great new characters. You know, y'all know I love Shang-Chi. I love the Panther characters, but I think that the MCU as we knew it and have been holding on to is very much like with this, this feels like the end of it. Cap four is a whole new cat. You know, Thunderbolts is a whole new group of people. So there's just all kinds of new stuff. And the old stuff really feels like this is the end of it. When Spider-Man four comes along, there will be shreds. There will be something, but it just, I, I think you guys understand what I mean by that. That said, this is the best possible ending to an after ending thing. Like Avengers Endgame ended the infinity saga. Absolutely sure. But this, there's still some holdovers. There was Spider-Man no way home. There was black widow, you know, there, and then there's this, which feels like the actual like end for another thread in that very interwoven story. And I thought it was brilliant. Like I thought this is the best way to end the trilogy. I thought it was genius. I I thought Peter Quill going back to earth was genius. And I think that this trilogy, like I think these movies are the most accurate reflection 
at least from my perspective, I bet everybody has a different perspective on this. But from my perspective, I think the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, even though it's told through the lenses of a tree and a raccoon and aliens and one half human God man, uh, they're the most accurate reflection of life as I know it. I think that the first movie is about, like I grew up as a 15 year old, I wanted to see Iron Man and I thought I wanted to be Tony Stark. But in reality, I'm Rocket Raccoon and Star-Lord. Like, that's actually the truth of who I am. Like, I wanted to be the cool guy. I wanted to be the billionaire playboy philanthropist. But I'm the broken dude. I'm the dude who found people along the way. I'm the dude who finally accepted himself. I'm the dude who, like, like just went on unexpected journeys and made it work. And that, to me, is what why I love these movies so much and how, like, the masterful storytelling that you understand every beat of everything that these characters went through. And it's so... It, there's nothing about it that you say this character wouldn't do that this character wouldn't like it all works and it all wraps up really really tremendously so i thought that the i thought i think this is a brilliant movie it, i loved it more the second time i absolutely cried my eyes out and that's not just sad tears because i thought people were gonna die i was sure star lord was dead when his face blew up i thought drax was going when he got shot twice by nathan fillion i thought rocket was dying on that table and i was like there is no way this dude just died without actually doing anything in this movie and he didn't bless like okay but it got me and then when drax started dancing in front of the kids but doing the robot thing i was just like oh my god this is the guy this is that character he wants to be a father he wishes he had his daughter he wishes he had his wife this is who drax is like the mantis talking about drax saying he's the only one who doesn't hate himself like all the rest of you like there's just such brilliant writing and it's so human and so real even though it's told through the lens of these otherworldly characters I thought this movie was genius. So that's my that's my review. I think it's it's a damn near perfect movie. I left it thinking it might not be my favorite because the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, uh, the, the experience I had watching that, the path it put me on both personally and professionally was incredible. And I wish I could watch that movie for the first time again. But after watching this twice, I think not only is this a better movie, but I think it is my favorite of the entire trilogy. Um, but yeah, so that's a little spoiler for later in the show. But yeah, I mean... We all kind of seem to be on varying levels of the same page here. Yeah, I want to piggyback off what you said because what you just said was so beautiful. Yeah. And I just want to, I just want to just say that I, I say this all the time, but I think James Gunn really is the king of blending heart and humor. He's proved it time and time again, and I'm just like, I, I, I'm jealous that DC gets him now, but I'm also relieved that because they because they're so lucky and we're gonna get good stuff and he just doesn't miss the man doesn't miss and, and i'm just so grateful that we have him in his brain <laughs> i want to examine that brain <laughs> don't bruise <laughs> it uh, yeah but like i mean it's it's like there's the moment where you can see the baby rocket like we all start in the world as that rocket raccoon who isn't necessarily afraid of that hand that's coming in and you're willing to trust and you're willing to try and you find friends and then terrible things happen. That's life. Like you live and you're like Cam was just saying it as he had to explain to his son, life and death and the things along the way, a lot of great stuff, a lot of tough stuff. And it shapes you. And in Rocket's case, it made him a hardened, like sarcastic, like r rocket raccoon that we love. But, he's, you know, he also gets drunk and gets mad when someone calls him a rodent. And then ultimately he wanted his family and that's what he got. That's what he wanted most, even though he would hide it more than anything. And that conversation with Yondu and Rocket and Guardians Volume 2 was brilliant and it showed that. And this movie just really completed the arc. So yeah, overall, Guardians 3 is brilliant. That's, that's, that's what I say about that. I mean, I, I don't really know how else to talk about reviews without diving into it too thoroughly. 
Um, is there anything else you guys want to say about this? I will just say to your point about just like the death of like this, this being like the death of the MCU as we know it. I think part of it is also these movies are so standalone from everything else that's going on outside of what happens with Gamora in Infinity War that you could conceivably be a person who only watches the Guardians stuff and nothing else in the MCU. And you would still get a very satisfying, complete story. Like the fact that this movie did not feel like you had to do any extra credit homework of like anything else in the MCU outside of the holiday special, which I know Jamie has a story about that. But I the, like these movies are just able to stand alone, be on their own. The characters can cross over where it makes sense to, but it's not about the cameos or the crossovers or the MacGuffins. It's about the characters first and foremost. And I think that is why these movies feel so special. And it does seem like at the moment, this is the last bastion of that in the MCU. Like we will still have character driven stuff, but it's still going to tie into secret wars and everything else. So I completely agree with what you said. I was going to say this. There's this movie makes me hate two other MCU movies. It makes me hate love and thunder because the guardians of the galaxy. It, it's a completely, it's a whiplash. If you look at that movie, like you don't like how they acted in that movie when you think about it, because it's like Peter Quill goes from like happy and like ready to go and, you know, inspiring Thor. And then he goes in this movie and he's complete drunk. And so I'm like kind of thrown off by that. But then I have to explain it Eternals to my son because I'm not going <laughs> to let him see a sex scene in the MCU. So a like, sex scene. I a don't sex. know if this is a sex scene. <laughs> Two Barbie dolls. Because <laughs> like my son said to me, he was like, it was kind of scary when I saw the big robot head. And I was like, oh, that's from Eternals. And I'm like, he's like, could that happen in real life? I'm like, no, it's not real. But he's like, oh. That could happen. And I was like, nah, you're okay. We're, we're okay. We're not going to have that. But uh, I loved it. It was a great time. There was so much like you could take from this movie. And just the character arcs were unbelievable. If you look at like one, two, and three without like the appearance, like I guess Infinity War would count, but like everything else I will just like discard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's also what you said to me yesterday. This movie has so much heart. Yeah, like every character feels like they have so much heart. Nebula is such a dick the whole time, <laughs> and then all it takes, all it takes, is Drax saying, "Why didn't you ask?" Mm. And it's like, well, look at that, boom! Look at it. it's just like if people would just talk to each other. Like we all have our walls, but like it's, I don't know. This just feels like the most human story in the MCU, uh, in a, in a, and it's like also <laughs> like literally the least human of of all of them. But I feel like I don't know. I I, I really connect with it in that way. Uh, does anybody else want to say anything before we move on to the? I want Cam saying that it made him like Thor less. It made me realize like it made me like Quantum Mania less, which mm -hmm. is who knew that was even possible for me to like that movie less. <laughs> but part of it is because I think Quantum Mania looks terrible, and I was so impressed. Guardians, the CGI, mm -hmm. it looked so good. It was mm -hmm. so textured. Just that opening shot of Baby mm -hmm. Rocket's eyes into Adult Rocket's eyes, like that, like. I was just so impressed with how this movie looked. And I was like, I, I just don't understand how we went two movies in a row so drastically like the CGI looking as different as they did. And I just, the whole movie, I was like, man, I'm just so impressed with everything. I'll say one last thing. One last thing. If you look at, we're talking about all these different things. We didn't even talk about the soundtrack. Yes. The fact that we had earth, wind and fire, like play reasons in a fight scene was unbelievable. 
and then I got Beastie Boys twice in Chris Pratt movies. Like (laughs) (laughs) they were, they were using it, but I loved it. And it was, it was a great hit. The song at the end, what was the song they used at the end of it? The uh, Dog Days Are Over. over. Yeah. So good. So good. Yeah. James knows how to drop that needle at the perfect time in the perfect way to the perfect tune. Like nobody I've ever seen before. I, I also, one thing Jamie said that I didn't, I forgot to touch on was the Adam Warlock of it all. I thought Will Poulter was great as Adam Warlock. He was very funny, but it felt to me like James Gunn originally had a different plan for Adam Warlock and for some reason had to keep him in this movie and it didn't work out the way he Because Adam Warlock was a character he often talked about and clearly was like teasing for a long time. And then I felt like he was just kind of the, if he felt kind of out of place in this one in, in, a, in a sense. Maybe, maybe it was the plan all along, but I just felt like Adam Warlock was he just felt kind of random at times. I didn't think that he was very organically fitting to the plot, at least for me. I will say that that felt very on brand at the end of the day, because it's like Adam is a weird character. Like he goes off and starts a space cult. He's regarded as this like larger than life person. He's always just kind of like on the periphery of stuff. So just having him be this kind of like, again, it let the character really drive through. It let us get to know him as a character and not just as Adam Warlock, the entity and the plot device. And like that made me love it even more because we got to see him be awkward and weird and violent in these ways that I wouldn't have expected when we first teased him in 2017. Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's fair. That's fair. I, I wish Thanos was still around because I love to see mm. interactions with Thanos. Uh, all right. So we're going to take a quick one minute break. We come back. We're going to dive into some very detailed breakdowns, Easter eggs, discussions for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Clearly, we got a panel of five people who really enjoyed the movie, some a little bit more than others, but all pretty much, I'd say, positive reviews from us. And uh, we'll be right back to talk more about it. See you in a moment. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Phase Zero Podcast. Bonus episode number 17, 18, whatever bonus episode number it is. It is the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 bonus episode. And right now we're about to dive into some really detailed spoilers. And I thought it'd be fun to start with uh, some of the surprising cameos and roles from people that we saw in the movie, uh, many of which are James Gunn's friends and family, uh, in a sense. A lot of Suicide Squad people. I thought, I, I somehow was still surprised. I don't know why, but had no problem with it that Jennifer Holland popped into the film. Uh, I forget her character's name, but she was one of the uh, whatever. I don't even know what to call those people. Uh, but she, when she got shot in the leg by Gamora, I cackled, like, like screamed, <laughs> laughed the same way she screamed. She got my biggest laugh both times with that, yeah. with that reaction getting shot. Aaron also lost it. Uh, I, I, I think Jennifer Holland is so talented like she's just so good on peacemaker and for her to show up in a guardians movie and be in there for five minutes and get my biggest laugh in a guardians movie like that's impressive girl good for you 
If you put if you put anything reminds me of the SpongeBob fish on my screen in front of me, I will laugh. It's just the rules. And I immediately looked at Jay. We both just dying laughing. Everybody's like looking around, like who the heck was that? And I'm like, turn around, my leg. Uh, Nathan Fillion was in there. Uh, Nathan Fillion was originally Wonder Man in a poster from Guardians of the Galaxy One's set, which never ended up making it into the film. Now, Yaya of Domitine II, of course, is Wonder Man. Uh, so Nathan Fillion was one of those security guards uh, who I thought for sure killed Drax. Did y'all think Drax was dead? A thousand percent. And yeah. then I was like, what a no. weird way to go. I don't know. Also, Nathan Fillion was supposed to be in two because I think when the when like Ego's like ooze was going across the planet, like Earth was supposed to be having like a Wonder Man film festival or something. And so it was like <laughs> all the different posters of him. But so I'm glad we got this because he was hilarious in this. And I loved like the weird tardigrade suits that they're all wearing. Those were just very cool. Cam, you he talked track. to me about that suit, uh, and it's interesting. You should uh, check out that video on the site of him talking about the suit because it's funny. He's like, he's like, it's like a lot, but also I'm looking at like Karen and Zoe and Dave, and they had all like I can't complain in front of them. So <laughs> that that full interview Jamie did with Nathan Fillion is uh, it went up on the Phase Zero YouTube channel this morning. Highly recommend going to check it out. Cam, you thought Drax was dying? Yeah, I thought he was dying, but I'll just say this. Uh, you know, James Gunn hires his friends and family. You know, it's pretty similar to Coach Tomlin hiring all brothers and siblings. So <laughs> I'm all for it, man. Like, he knows how to cast well. And, like, I think it's really cool seeing Michael Rooker show up in everything he's in. You know, even, like, when he dies, it's like, oh, we can still st sneak in Michael Rooker right here. Here's the thing. Like, he's not – it's not like he's, cat he's, he's working with people who don't – deserve to be there he's working with people who are talented who right. do a good job and if if i were to ever like leave comic book i think this would be illegal but if i were to ever leave comic book and start my own website like i'd absolutely want to work with the people i know i like working with and do a good job and i can trust so it's yeah. like I, that's just what he's doing like if i were yeah. to host another podcast i'd want to host a podcast with people i like hosting a podcast with also, all directors do that. I don't yeah. know why people give James Gunn a hard time for this when all directors do it. Ever heard of a little duo called Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro? I mean, I just don't wonder. And also, I think it's funny that the internet gets mad about Jennifer Holland in a way that they've never gotten mad about Sean Gunn. Sounds sexist to me, internet. Yep. I mean, I I, I definitely can see the clear difference there. I, I don't see anybody complaining about Sean Gunn ever. Uh, but when Jennifer Holland shows up in Black Adam or Peacemaker <laughs> and then shows up in Guardians 3, of course, everybody's got to pitch a fit. But that's ridiculous. That's that's the bitchy little Internet. Uh, <laughs> Malchior is uh, is in, she was Ratcatcher 2 uh, in the Suicide Squad, played Uda, oh, yeah. the, the pinkish, pinkish, orangish lady, yeah. purple, yeah, whatever she was uh, <laughs> uh, in the in that in that what in the Orgo <laughs> more go thing um tara strong miss minutes herself was the voice of mainframe who was previously voiced by miley cyrus mm. uh very very small role but i also the second time i watched i was paying attention to that i was like that does, that listen that does sound like miss minutes <laughs> that does sound like miss minutes uh judy greer who was once scott lang's wife is the voice of war pig i didn't know this until just now when i was reading the breakdown <laughs> and i can't believe i missed this fact 
That's yeah. not even the craziest one. Get to the next one. Yeah, I added the crazy. I added the next one, and I was like, wow, because I saw his name in the credits, and I was like, who? And so I yeah. just looked it up as we were sitting here, and I was like, wow, okay, because Pete Davidson was the blob that Mantis let out of the cage <laughs> that she is like scared by, and it's like, of course, he found like with Suicide Squad, he found a way to put Pete Davidson in here, and that was just great. Can we talk about Mantis being so adorable that she was afraid she might have upset that blobish sheep-looking thing? That she was like, I was scared of something behind you. You are really cool. I was like, yo, that's me. Anytime I say something that I feel like might have hurt somebody's feelings, I'm just like, oh, my God. I meant the other person, but you're like the best. I'm so sorry. I'm gonna it's like the George it. Kittle thing you talked about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, okay, we've all been there where you say something that you absolutely don't mean anything mean by it, but it actually right. is a thing that hurts somebody's feelings. And like seven years later, out of nowhere, you're like, oh my God, remember that thing I said? <laughs> like seven, and you, you, all of a sudden you're like, I wonder if they, they're not thinking about it anymore, but it popped, your brain is just like, here's a little treat. Here's a little treat for you. Remember that time you were accidentally a dick? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Groot. I, I actually want to talk about something. At the end of the movie, Groot says, "I love you guys," and everybody laughs because it's like, oh, "Okay, it's like we are Groot." He said something else. To me, the way I see that is like James Gunn welcoming the audience into speaking Groot. Like I think he said, "I am Groot" in the room, and if you don't speak Groot, you heard, "I am Groot." But I think chills. I know. Oh my god! <laughs> when I, I read this, that. when I read this before we started, I like almost started crying again because that is the perfect analysis. I'm accepting like no other read on that scene. <laughs> yeah. That is because, well, yeah, the <laughs> scene cry. that leads up to it is Gamora. She can suddenly understand Groot. He says, "I am Groot." Twice she says, "It was great to work with you," and then something like or whatever she says back to him again because she understands him. Then in the room he says, "I love you guys," and it feels like for the first time now at the end of it we know Groot well enough to understand what he said. Mm. Wow. So I, I thought that was a really cool thing. I hope that's what James got intended. Cause that's so the can way we I go think. back and watch all these and get what he's really saying. <laughs> <What's that? laughs> so can we go back and watch all the other movies and understand everything that's going on? That <laughs> <laughs> in the booth. Get Vin in the booth, yeah. man. He would do it. Vin Diesel loves doing everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a really nice way to describe Vin Diesel. Yeah. I like that. Uh, Gamora mentions a couple of alien races when she talks about like creations of the high evolutionary. One of them is the the Animen, which uh, as a group from comics, it consists of a She-Hulk character who was very different from the version I think we saw in She-Hulk, but Frogman, Ape-Man, Catman, and Birdman. These are just kind of criminals and they're defeated by Daredevil much like Frogman was. So I feel I think maybe the any men are out there, but this feels like one of those things that could be an Easter egg that pays off. It could just be a throwaway line to reference comics. Jenny, you got any thoughts on this? I will just like, cause I know you're going to mention the other one too. Cause like the high evolutionary in the comics has, has his fingers in so many pies. He's involved with so many things. It's like he's tied to Wanda and Pietro getting their powers in a roundabout way. So it's like, I felt like this was just a kind of fun way to expand the breadth of what he's done in the MCU by just having a little throwaway line. Cause like the animen in the comics are just guys in animal suits. Like they're not even anything like like enhanced in any sort of way. So I just assumed it was just a fun little throwaway thing. Yeah. I think it's the same thing with the Zeronians. Cause that's yeah. another, that's what she says before the animen. Uh, and that's another just alien race, uh, but neither were created by the high evolutionary. So I think it's just kind of a thing, but also they love to switch stuff up in the MCU a little bit and just take names and make them sometimes more relevant, sometimes less relevant to the story that's being told. So, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, so I think it's uh, no, I woke Nova up, uh, oh. but, uh, but yeah, uh, Gamora 
I know you guys have a lot to say about Gamora, mm-hmm. so I was talking about her lines. So I feel like this is a good time to. Uh, Jamie's got thoughts. Jenna's got thoughts. If you guys want to go ahead, yeah, Jenna, kick like, it off. I, I I added this to the rundown because I was so pleasantly surprised with how they handled the new Gamora, old Gamora of it all. Of like when she puts her foot down and is basically like, "No, Peter, I am not the the woman that you want me to be." Like that is a different version of myself. I I, I trusted James to get to that point, but I wasn't sure if the movie had the breath to be able to get there. But the fact that we said that quiet part out loud and Peter was able to accept that. I was just very, very happy. I want to hear what Jamie has to say. I've been calling her alt Gamora. I don't know like if she has an official title, but to me, she's alt Gamora. I loved everything about this version of Gamora. Uh, First of all, the performance, I think I said it before, but like the crazy eyes she delivers are just beautiful. Um, I, I I love one thing that I want to say is back when the first movie came out in 2014, I remember I saw it with my friend Brett. He's the host of the comic book queers podcast. He's big Marvel guy. And back in 2014, I didn't know a lot about comics. I didn't know anything about the guardians. And I remember him telling me he, we got out of that movie and he loved it. But he remember, I remember him saying, you know, Gamora's supposed to be the deadliest woman in the galaxy. And I don't know if I felt that in this movie. And after the third one, he, it was like this, she's, she feels like the deadliest woman in the galaxy now, but she still feels like it's not like a completely different person. I totally believe that this is what Gamora would be like on this slight divergence of a path. It's that sliding doors thing where things change and you're different. And I, I just loved her performance. I found it so uh, everything with her and Peter, I thought was really beautiful and perfect. Uh, But, my favorite favorite i love the part that made me cry the most is when you find out in the end because you're like oh she's with the ravagers okay but then in the end you see that like that is her family now they do love her this is her family and it's so sad and beautiful and it and i think that's my favorite part of the movie is seeing that gamora does have a new home and of course it's not the home that we wanted her to have it hurts our heart but it's she's happy and she's good and and the moment where she says to Quill, we I think we would have been fun. All of that. It's just I'm getting chills again. I'm gonna cry again. I, I just loved everything about that. Yeah. Them not working <laughs> out. The, like I, I thought going into this, they were gonna end up, you know, putting Gamora and Star Lord back together. There's two reasons I like that. They don't get back together. One is life doesn't always go the way you want it to and the way you think, and that's something you have to accept as a as a movie viewer and a person who's living uh and two that means richard Ryder could get gamora now so nova, <laughs> nova in there and uh, that relationship from comics can happen so sorry sorry quill <laughs> if she well, wasn't just, yours, it's just your turn <laughs> i was just gonna say you know i love that like it like them being together wasn't a plot device to move the story forward because i felt like if you look at this movie like we all thought death was going to be the plot device and everything. Like I love that at the end where it was like, you, you have these people and they all go their separate ways, but you don't have to die because of it because someone wants to do something different. I thought that was just a beautiful and beautiful thing in itself because you don't have to kill off every single person just to move the story along. Yeah. The fact that this had a happy ending, Mm -hmm. shocking to me. Like <laughs> shocking to me. The set, look at the end of the final shot of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two is Rocket with a tear in his eye mm-hmm. at at Yondu's funeral. That shot of Craglin and Guardians Volume Two screaming out the window while the colors of a gourd are flashing over Yondu's funeral. Like I have a, I still to this day, if I watch that movie and I watch it with the full context, Sean Gunn's performance right there in that moment just gets me every single time. And this instead has Drax slowly start bobbing his head. 
and then start dancing with everybody. And and Rocket is dancing with Groot and like nowhere is a party. And seeing Dave Batista cry, seeing Drax cry when Mantis walks away, like I don't know how you do it better than this. Like this is why I love Marvel movies. This is why I love going to the movies. This is it. Like this movie did it. It made I'm I know you're going to roll your eyes at this, but it made me think of the series finale of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on a much bigger scale. And that is the biggest compliment I could ever give anything <laughs> is that it evoked that in my brain. I thought of that. And for me to say that again is like, you're doing something right, Gun. <laughs> can I can I say something that's a little bit of like an aside, though? Ooh. I think one of the things I can say positively about this movie, too, is that I feel better about Superman Legacy now. I definitely feel better about Superman because you have to get the joy of human life. You have to get the sort of minutia of the beauty of our existence if you're going to handle a man of steel. And that, the ending was, I was sitting down like, he really just tacked a, like a really fun, nice ending onto this thing. Yeah. After all we did, we're so many podcasts. Peter put together a super cut of all of us saying who's going to die. Uh-huh. It happened like 19 <laughs> times. <laughs> And no one died. It's it's crazy. So yeah, I, I thought I was like, man, he he might be able to do it. By God, <laughs> he might do it. I will say, like, the last scene of the Suicide Squad is like one of my favorite comic book movie scenes of all time of like them just sitting in the helicarrier and they like turn and look at each other. And it's like, I think this was that times a hundred and it it was earned given how much time we spent with these characters. But it just, his movies are not just about surviving, they're about like thriving. And I feel like both of these endings really reflect that. And yeah, I, after this, I'm like, anyone who was doubting his ability to do Superman, especially the way that like Adam Warlock was flying and like the action sequences of that too, I'm like, he is going to absolutely nail Superman. Like the the physicality of it will totally be there. R.I.P. Aisha Adam Warlock couldn't fly fast enough. Superman would have been there. Uh, also, I think it's it is just obviously such an L for the MCU to have lost James Gunn. Like it's a huge W for DC, and that's that's great. Like I really this like you just said tremendous excitement for Superman. Like I was already excited for Superman. I have my kind of feelings about DC with the, all of that, but I do believe James. Like I don't know. I just think James Gunn is a masterful character developer and the suicide squad is not by any means my favorite DC universe movie. I think it's a good movie. I don't like it as much as everybody else does. I think peacemaker is incredible. I think peacemaker is better possibly than any show Marvel has put out so far, but it's at least in the top three. If you put them all together. Yeah, I know WandaVision exists. I know Loki exists, but I think peacemaker for my tastes is just brilliant. I think it's a tremendous show. Uh, and that's not even a, sh- a jab at anything Marvel has put out. I just think Peacemaker is genius. So yeah, I think James just does another. And this this movie just exemplifies his ability to develop and deliver incredible characters and use that development for incredible moments. Um, all right, let's talk about the credit scenes. First credit scene, we have presumably the new Guardians. Uh, presumably like a version of like King Groot at the end there, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, yep. gigantic Groot, Rocket, Cosmo, Kraglin, and Phylavel. Um, and that's on the Krylorian planet, which if you remember, like in the first Guardians of the Galaxy, that woman in, in Peter Quill's ship in the very beginning when he forgot she was down there and trying to escape Karath, Barit, she was a Krylorian. So I'm assuming this is her home planet. Maybe Malia Kraling is going to repri- reprise her role. Uh, but I, I see the nods about Phyla Val. Jenna, <laughs> it, it, school us, school us. So she is an alternate version of Captain Marvel, basically. Like she is tied to Marvel. She's tied to Genus Bell. Like this whole, the whole, all of the cosmic stuff that n- doesn't necessarily have to do with Carol Danvers. Like Phyla is a huge part of that. I know I've spoken on the show because we, we thought Daniela Melcher was maybe playing her. Like we thought she was maybe in this movie in some way. 
I, I loved the way that they did this. I, I think like, it's nice to just even know that this character's out there, even if she is a very small child and we never know if we're going to see her again. I like that we have her there, but it's not this thing of like, I'm going to be disappointed if I don't see her in the next couple of years. I just like knowing that she exists. A lot of kids, a lot of kid heroes in the MCU. Tons. I mean, this is the third person that Jenna's had introduced that's like on her personal, like, oh my God. Like, it's very funny. This is the first thing I leaned over to Jamie. I'm like, well, Jenna's going to be happy. I don't know. I already been so happy for you. I already been like, I am not even like a super fan. It's just more like, more cosmic women. Like, this is great. Yay. And it's just like, I, I just like building out this universe in a way that just it, it is. Like, I, to Brandon's point about like Gunn going over to DC and him understanding character, I think he also just understands comics in a way that like very few other people who make comic book media actually understand of like you can honor the canon and you can respect the canon but you're not completely beholden to it you're not just taking the comic and immediately translating it on screen he with everything he's done for dc whether it's peacemaker squad everything at marvel he he knows how to make something fresh and something accessible and new out of something that not a lot of people have necessarily read. And so just seeing him stick the landing with this, it was a lot of comic accurate stuff, but so much of it was entirely new. And that was what made it feel even better. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's one thing I want, there's a question I have. So I'm just going to, I don't think we have too much to talk about on the second credit scene, which is star Lord. Actually, we, we did not talk about this. I thought star Lord going back home was the perfect note to end Star Lord's story on, even though he went, he did step foot on Earth temporarily. He just didn't go to Missouri, uh, but he did step foot on Earth in Avengers Endgame, and he left. Uh, but he went back and he saw his grandfather, and I think that was just the most fulfilling, brilliant moment. I thought another great moment by James Gunn that calls right back to the very start of this trilogy. It's the perfect way to end this trilogy, even though I would say Rocket is the main character. Obviously, Star Lord is has been like the protagonist of this, so to have him have that book ended with his grandfather i thought was genius um but anybody want to talk about that at all or anything like that i'm just curious where you think he will return i i, I don't dislike yeah. quill i like him but yeah. i was so, I'm like of all the characters he's right. the one that will return i i mean yeah. fine i'm not I'm mad about it but i'm like i'd rather see anyone else i guess like um i i'm curious what you guys think where he might end up but also in that scene he's talking about the neighbor being a 45 year old guy who he has to mow the do you think that he was referring to anyone that matters or is it just a joke i think it's just a joke okay the newspaper did say Kevin Bacon tells all about alien abduction. <laughs> and I think there was a reference to James's dog because I think his dog is named Lola. And there was a thing about like Lola the dog wins like some sort of dog contest or whatever. I'll have to rewatch it again and see. But like that was cute too. Yeah. So, but ultimately, I think to that question of where will we see them again, whether it's the Guardians that we saw on that Krylorian planet or the legendary Star-Lord who has promised to be returning. This is what this is. This goes back to what I said at the beginning when I feel like the MCU of old has really ended here because... We have Avengers Kang Dynasty and Avengers Secret Wars as the obvious places where we expect to see these people come back. Whether it's Spider-Man, whether it's Star-Lord, whether it's Thor, I feel like these stories are over. Like there is no more arc left. It has to be a new arc for Star-Lord. It has to be a new arc for Rocket. These main characters have ended their stories. Spider-Man's story, that kid, that kid from New York, whatever his name is, that story wrapped up perfectly. So it has to restart. Like, sure, I want to see what happens with Spider-Man and MJ and Ned. Like, absolutely, I'm still I'm still into that stuff. But if the next time I see these characters is in, on, in an ensemble film where they're barely going to have time to develop actual moments, like, I'm not saying, like, Civil War was a brilliant job of 
developing characters like Black Panther and Spider-Man had small roles, Vision and Scarlet Witch had their kind of kind of arc together and it was tiered. And then you had Black Widow and Hawkeye who had a tiered thing and then you had Captain America and Iron Man at the top of it. So obviously that's what the Avengers movies have to do. They have to set this stuff up. But like, if I don't see Spider-Man again, if I don't see Star-Lord again before they are all in this ensemble movie, I'm kind of like, well, that's just a character that I like. It's going to be hard for me to be super invested and excited as I was before because I always cared about the arc and the journey. And I feel like the arcs and the journeys have wrapped up really nicely. So I, I, I want them to restart before they're all in an ensemble film. And I, and I have an idea of what these characters want now, where these characters are headed now, what they're avoiding now, what they're afraid of, what they're, you know, that sort of thing. I got some good news. You're going to see Tom Holland in Spider-Man Across Spider-Verse in about a couple weeks. <laughs> and he'll be in the movie, so you'll see him. I don't know about Peter Quill. I, I My answer for all this stuff is always Thunderbolts. Like, why else put him on Earth? Ooh. Like, what else is he going to do? He's still a technically kind of an honorary guardian of the galaxy and a giant war over weird stuff. You know, I, I'm down to see freaking Steven Yoon and him, like, Stand across from each other, him trying to do a dance battle and get punched through a mountain. It's good. Good time. So I, I have two thoughts on that. First of all, I'm, I'm shocked Brandon didn't suggest this first. It's like, could Peter just show up in whatever Nova thing ultimately ends up sure. happening? Because that would be my expectation of like where we could see him next. I also just saw that title card as just more of a metaphorical thing of like these stories never end. These characters are always out there. That being said, the way that they wrapped up Mantis's arc, I really, really want her on the Avengers now because there's comic precedent for it. She's like a very powerful Avenger in like the Bronze Age 80s run. And so what, her just kind of going off on her own and figuring out what she wants. I'm like, man, if she like circled back around and like hung out with the Avengers now, I would be so happy because that would feel very good. Do you think we're getting Celestial Madonna with Mantis? I got vibes. I, I got big amazing. vibes of that. That would be so amazing. Like I would, <laughs> I would ascend out of the theater because that is her kind of like peak form in the comics. So if we if we touched on any of that, that would just be so wild. But I could trust them to do it. All right. Before we take our last break here, I want to give Cam and Jamie a chance if they want to say anything about where we might see these characters again. Yeah, uh, two things. I would just say first, I was looking it up. There was a storyline for Star Lord where he did a comic book where it was called Star-Lord, Legendary Star-Lord. Mm -hmm. And I think he had a love interest with Kitty Pride at the time. So you could get some X-Men right then and there. So there's your crossover right there. But then I think the other thing was Secret Wars is so different where it allows Ensemble to jump in wherever they are. And so... You don't have to build on plot lines as big as you would doing an ensemble where it's like everybody's at the same place. Everybody's all over the place and you just combine them all together and everybody's like, oh, shoot, we're on the same planet. Let's go for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Secret Wars seems like the obvious place where we're probably going to see everybody. And I hope we do. Yeah. I want everybody in there. I just want to check in with them first. I want a little bit of a trajectory yeah. update for all these characters before they're just thrown together for a mishmash Secret Wars dance. Um, but anything else? Anything else we want to talk about on Deep Dive, Easter Egg Front before we, uh, and I'm sure we can talk more about this if there's something we left out. Oh, because I got something. So um, I, I can't take full credit uh, for this, but I, I was watching Screen Crush yesterday while I was like making dinner. And I kind of agree with Ryan Airy that I think that Rocket getting saved is a part of the Kang stuff. And this movie is kind of tertiarily related to like the multiverse saga. Like, because what if Rocket needs to be alive for Kang to succeed? Like he might need to be there. And that's why Lila is like, oh, you could go, you know, you're not done yet. So go back <laughs> down here. It's like another, it's also another one of those weird realms that we kind of just keep stacking up. 
Like yeah. we have like ancestral plane, <laughs> do what, uh, freaking Valhalla. Now there's another one in there too. Isn't there like, I'm not missing. It might be five. So just, yeah. I feel like rocket getting turned away is tertiarily like related. And they didn't kill the high evolutionary and letting to eugenicists just kind of roam around seems a little bit weird too. Like, what if they just froze? I saw them blowing up the the satellite as like kind of an indication that he died. Okay, well, but I don't know. He's gone. He's gone. I don't know. I saw. I I thought the same thing. I was like, the second time I watched, especially because I knew that thing blows up a moment later, and I was like, well, Rocket didn't kill him, but like they did leave him to die. So like, what's the difference? (laughs) Also, when they ripped off his face and we got the comic accurate red face, that was the most grisly thing ever. Like, I Cam, I'm so in awe that you took your child to this movie because just the visuals of some of this stuff was insane. I was just like (laughs) getting the comic accurate red face. I was like, yes, awesome. So that was like Cam covered his. Kids, I was like me at the theater with my mom watching Wedding Crashers, and she was like, "I didn't know what this movie was." And she's doing one of those. I was like, "Mom, I want to see." All right, we're gonna take a one minute break. When we come back, we're gonna share our ranking within the Guardians trilogy and where the Guardians trilogy ranks among other trilogies. We want to thank Enterprise for supporting our show. Go to Enterprise and and rent stuff. They're great, and we love them for supporting our show. Thank you so much. We'll be back in a moment. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, 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 welcome back to the Phase Zero bonus episode about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. We are running out of time here, so we're going to move through this a little bit quickly. This is the part of the show where we are going to rank Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 among the trilogy and the trilogy among the trilogies. Uh, Jamie, you're at the top of the screen. Great. Uh, easy. For now, For now, it's second for me after the first one. And, I, and that could very well change when I've seen it a million times. Right now, I've only seen it twice. It's hard. Um, but the thing about the first movie is that it just like, it just was when we realized, oh, the MCU can be anything. It's just such a special uh, moment in time. Um, so it's hard. But for now, I, I would rank the, the current one second in the in the i i ranked all four of them included the holiday special so um all right Mm. fair enough fair enough aaron where are you where are you putting this one uh i got three one two um just because i was like i was really entertained throughout like also the pacing was just kind of going like i guess the structure and not having to deal with other stuff really allowed him to really like muscle through so i was impressed i I think three one two is where i'm at yeah Every time there's a scene where you're like, okay, let's let's get back. Even if for a moment you're like, can we put the foot back on the gas? He does. Sometimes he does it with making you laugh, and sometimes he does it with uh, some epic action or yeah. something. But he always puts it right back on the gas at the right. It was I found that very impressive. 
Jenna, what about you? I think I'm one, three, two, but it is like such a hard thing because I, I rewatched these movies last week or this past week for like the first time in forever. And watching one again, I was instantly transported to how I felt in 2014. Like it just is such a core memory movie to me. And I, I tweeted at the time, but like after watching so much super genre content, it still felt like this breath of fresh air to me. Like it is still a perfect movie. So a three might usurp that someday, but at this point, I think that's where it is. But I still love two. I rewatched it the other night and sobbed in a way that I hadn't previously, but I just love all of these movies so much either way. Yeah. Yeah. Cam? I'm going to be different. Three, two, one. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Un- unheard of. Honestly. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I, I love this movie because it was like a grand finale and everything, but like two is just so different in like, the track at the end with the chain, you know, Fleetwood Mac is a banger to me. And then I just, you get, you shine a line on Yondu even more. And I think that kind of just, that puts it above one. I felt, I felt like they just kept building every single time. And then you just finally see the payoff in three. Yeah. I, I, I love volume two. I think people hate on volume two and I don't understand it. I think it's a really, really good movie. Like flat out it's entertaining as hell, but it's just flat out a good movie to me. The Yondu stuff, like you just mentioned. I love that stuff, man. I thought that was Mm -hmm. beautiful. Uh, Still for me though, it's my third favorite of the trilogy, which just goes to show not that I don't like two. It shows how much I like one and three. So my ranking, I, I think I, I hope this isn't recency bias speaking. I've seen the movie twice now, but I do think three is just such a feat in emotion, in storytelling, in character development, and, and, and in conclusion. So I think three is my favorite, and I definitely know that three is the best movie of the three. Uh, and then one, because the experience I had watching one is just, I, I wish I could have it again, and then two, and then I put the holiday special, but we're, we're just talking about movies, and that's not even a shot of the holiday special. I just think the three movies are fantastic. Uh, so yeah, so three, three, one, two for me. Um, and in terms of the trilogy, I'll just kick it off. I think this is the best MCU trilogy. Uh, I think in second place, you have Captain America, and then probably after that, I'd put Iron Man and then Thor and then Ant-Man. And I don't think there are any other trilogies. Oh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Spider-Man, Spider-Man probably goes ahead of Iron Man for me as well. But yeah, I think that Guardians 3 and Guardians 1 are on par and for me better than Civil War and Winter Soldier, which are two movies I love. And I think Guardians 2, which is in my last place, is far better than the first Captain America movie. So for those reasons, the average of the whole I think Guardians 3, and as a complete arc, it actually is its own story that doesn't need it. I love Civil War. Everybody knows I love Civil War. Guardians 3 didn't need Iron Man and all these other things to make it great. It just needed the Guardians of the Galaxy. So to me, Guardians is the number one trilogy in the franchise. Spider-Man is fantastic as well. It's better than Iron Man. It's better than the rest. Ant-Man is down the, down there. But um, and not not I'm not trying to shade anything, but I'm just being honest. Ahead, uh, Aaron, what about you? Uh, okay, so I'm checking just to see what we have. Thor, does Thor count because there's four of them, or does it matter? Is that the answer? <laughs> uh, just like the first three Thors, I guess. Okay, yeah. all right, there we go. All right, so I got uh, Spider Man, Cap, Guardians of the Galaxy, Iron Man, Thor, Ant Man. Hmm. Fair enough. So, fair enough. Jamie, what about you? 
Um, I struggle with this because uh, I think it's such a good trilogy. I don't love the second one. I like the second one, but I don't love it. I think the way that I feel about it is that I love every single Guardian movie more than Cap 1 because I don't really like Cap 1, but I love Cap 2 and 3 both more than every single Guardian movie. So it's so it's really hard for me to choose, but ultimately maybe my answer is just Spider-Man because it's the only trilogy that has Michael Keaton in it. So, <laughs> uh, Cam. Okay, so we're going to go Spider-Man, Guardians, Cap, um, Iron Man, and then uh, Ant-Man. Yeah, Ant-Man fell in face from the third one. And we all know when Nova completes a trilogy, that's going to be number one, but we're just not there yet. <laughs> Jenna, what about you? For me, it feels like this is, to me, it feels like the first true trilogy. Like the the intent and the creative control of it, it's just, it's as much as I love some of the movies in the other trilogies, as much as I love the Cap trilogy for what it is and the Spider-Man trilogy for what it is, I still think that this feels so unique on its own of having a singular vision and a singular intent and it is not encumbered by whatever else is going on in the franchise outside of Gamora dying, which even then, as we said on Wednesday's show, James wanted to kill off Gamora anyway. But like the, you can still just watch this and feel like you're getting a complete story. Even with something like Ant-Man where it is the same director, Ant-Man 3 is so tied to everything else that you kind of lose the plot a little bit. Whereas this just feels so wholly standalone in a way that like you, I feel like since like Christopher Nolan's movies, we haven't really gotten like this complete of a trilogy before. Ooh. Hmm. Ooh. It is. It, the closest thing I'd say is like Iron Man had a very similar level of like, it wasn't the same director, wasn't the same writer, but it had two movies and then it had an event movie. And then it had, you know, Iron Man three. It's, it feels similar to what the guardians went through on a larger scale with the same creative control so yeah so all right we are we are we are out of time for today's show we have done the full hour here uh if there's more you guys want to talk about please tweet at us drop a comment please subscribe to the phase your youtube channel watch the trivia video with the guardians of the galaxy cast i haven't been as proud of uh, a piece of content we've created uh, on comicbook.com or on phase zero and as i am of that video i think it's like i texted it to my mom and i don't do that i was just like mom watches i think you'll laugh so uh, I think uh, I think you guys will get a kick out of that. Um, if anybody has anything they want to say, I want to open it up. Otherwise, I'm going to wrap up today's show and just thank everybody for listening. Bunch of head nods from the from the from the <laughs> panel here. Uh, we all enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. I, I love doing this stuff with all you guys. Thank you so much for a great show today. Thank you so much to Enterprise for the support. Thank you so much to the comment section who watched us live. And if you're listening to us after the fact, I hope you enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Please tweet at us and tell us what you thought because we love hearing from you guys too. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody, and uh, we'll see you on Wednesday. 